This episode is in support of the British Red Cross. Disasters and emergencies can strike at any time and anywhere. With millions of volunteers across 192 countries, the British Red Cross is part of a movement that's there for people as soon as a crisis happens. Your support means they can reach anyone, anywhere, with the help they need to get through it. For example, in the UK, when an emergency like a flood hits, your support means the British Red Cross is there to give the all-important emotional support people often need. Help organise cleanups and provide them with food and fresh water. And as conflict in Ukraine tears lives apart, your support means the Red Cross movement has reached over 5 million people so far, helping families evacuate providing medical assistance and giving a warm meal and a listening ear for people to talk about their experiences. But without the kind of people who support the British Red Cross, their work wouldn't happen. You make what the Red Cross do possible. It starts with you. So, support the British Red Cross at redcross.org.uk. Thank you. Hello and welcome to this week's look at action and stunts on film and television. This week we're going to indulge in one of my favourite films and one that doesn't really get the love it deserves. A Burt Reynolds directed movie that made serious profit at the box office, made for 17 million and received a very favourable 35 million dollar box office return. This is significant because Burt wasn't hot property as a director. Prior to this, he directed two films, Gator in 1976 and The End in 1978. Both fun, but they didn't set the box office world on fire. So when this was offered, he jumped at it and makes a terrific turn as director and actor. This is Sharky's Machine. Ryan Pictures presents Burt Reynolds in Sharky's Machine. If you don't get out now, I'm going to have to call the police. I am the police. Sharky. Vice. They were just street cops until they teamed up with Sharky and became Sharky's Machine. Seven ladies. One's got her hooks into Hodgkins, and that's the one the department won't let us touch on. Doesn't that tell you anything? thousand bucks a night. Is that right? Is that what they get? I want to watch you. Found the clock. Who? Domino with an E. Domino. It's a waste. You, busting hookers. The last casualty they had in Vice was a suicide. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? Well, we're here to arrest might be offering to perform sexual acts for money. The man with the smiling eyes. Sharky. Vice. Low-life creep. Even if there is one guy squeezing his town, he's too high to reach. Great reputation here. Slave trade. They buy him, kidnap him, then they break him down. Drugs, rape, whatever the hell it takes, and then they sell him. Who is that? Tim and his brother, Albert Spirelli. You're an outcast about to lose that badge of yours. You're a strange guy, Sharky. Yeah, that's what everybody says. You know you got a big communication problem here, Sharky. He wants you dead. Then I am dead. 
Where is Domino? You should have just brought the girl in. Nobody leans on Sharky's machine. Bert has surrounded himself with top stunt performers over the years. We all know about his long-term love for Hal Needham. Well, one of Hal's go-to stuntmen over the years was Bobby Bass, who earned himself a reputation for well-crafted action. The movie called for a number of gags that would ultimately lead up to the movie's foremost action set-piece, a high fall of 160 feet. Now, Bobby had brought in stuntman Dar Robinson, who was probably one of the greatest high-fall men in the world. He'd be doubling actor Henry Silver and would be coming out of a window backwards. A come out of a window backwards presents its own difficulties. He's using a custom-made airbag designed in collaboration with his stunt engineer, Kai Michelson, and between them, they have a bag big enough to do the job properly, but only if it's hit correctly. Now, Dar said himself that he needs the airbag to be lined up correctly as he didn't want to land on a seam. Airbags still hand-stitched back in the early 80s, and there was always the possibility of that seam coming apart. Now, from there on in, if you hit the bag, you hit a seam, the seam separates. There's only one way to go, to the ground. So, he was happy and went on to test the bag from a lower height. Now, the lower height was 90 feet. It's still a very high fall. But in order to replicate the position through the window, and before hitting the airbag, he stands on a wooden platform inside the window with his back to the glass. He runs backwards through the window, turns in midair, and lands right in the middle of the airbag. Sugar glass, incidentally, not real glass. He says to himself that the airbag felt very hard and it landed like a ton of bricks was the phrase that he used. His instruction to the team was to set the bag up again and they need to sort out the air pressure contained within it, possibly starting to let some of that air out as he starts his fall, therefore making the landing that little bit softer. What's fascinating is that for the take in the film, Dar is in costume, wearing a face mask that looked like Henry Silver, and instead of standing with his back to the window, as he had done in rehearsal, he faces the window, runs at it forward, and crashes through it, only turning backwards at the last minute. Now, what he's done to start his body rotating, and what with the speed he's travelling at, the rotation is quite extreme. This rotation through the window is so extreme that it continues to spin for the entire duration of the fall, ultimately landing in the airbag sideways, which meant the rehearsal and the take used in the film couldn't have been any more different. It's a spectacular fall, but it's very interesting to analyse. This is a tale of the supernatural. The Tapes, a podcast of the uncanny. Do you believe in ghosts? Join me, host Christopher Goldie and guests as we discuss the best in unsettling television and film. Who is this? Who is coming? Find us on Facebook, 
Twitter and Instagram. Search for at the tapes pod. Part of the Pod Dojo Network. Bert, as usual, is very physical and does a great deal of action in this picture himself. An undercover operation goes bad at the start of the movie and Bert's character is in the thick of it. Shootouts, uh, diving onto the ground in front of traffic and later on in the picture getting beaten up by another fascinating character. Dan Innocento is a martial arts instructor in the area of Jeet Jundo, Filipino martial arts and Pencatsilat. More importantly, he was an instructor to Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee. His connection with Lee happened during the late 60s, where he was tasked with teaching Bruce how to use nunchakers. Finally, there's a car knockdown during the picture, which is performed by Bobby Bass himself. An odd edit in the final cut, as the knockdown has obviously been spliced together with a previous take or a later take. Doubling the actor, he walks into the street and eventually faces the oncoming vehicle rolls up the bonnet, the hood, on his right shoulder, spinning around on the windscreen and getting pitched off over the vehicle's driver's side wheel. And no sooner has he hit the ground than there's a cut and we see him rolling from the vehicle towards the back of the car. So at some point they've decided to splice those two takes together for reasons better known to somebody else. Anyway. That's it for this week. Now don't forget to check out the YouTube episode on Friday where we'll analyse the gags in more detail. And don't forget to check out the Pod Dojo Network who are responsible for this podcast. And until next time, it's bye for now. <laughs>